Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Resilient Leadership Podcast, where everything we talk about is aimed at helping you to lead with a greater sense of calm, clarity, and conviction, even in anxious times. My name is Bridget, and I'm always joined by my trusty collaborator, Irvin. Irvin, how are you today? I'm doing great. I'm just coming off uh, an amazing vacation, actually. I went back to uh, the homeland, Ireland, uh, with my husband, Fred, and we did a, a few really neat things, and uh, one comes top of mind. It's, it's it's something I've been meaning to do my whole life. I've tried it twice, and it's been canceled, and it's a visit to this little island seven miles off the southwest coast of Ireland called Skellig Michael, and there you will find a monastic settlement from the 6th century. Those who are Star Wars fans will know the island because that's where Luke Skywater went. But you get a little boat out and the boat docks and you climb 650 steps to the summit of the island. And there's this monastic community. And it was um, ethereal. It was a beautiful experience. The sun was shining. There's a presence there. You you feel both connected with the world and isolated from the world, which is kind of, I suppose, what the monastic experience was. But uh, it was a very mm-hmm. special trip. And so I'm still bathing in that experience and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, hoping to to stay there for a little, for a little longer in, in my memories. I love that. And did you have a few beers and a few pubs along the way? I, I may have taken a few beers and a you few pubs. Have- yeah, I, I mean, mean after all, you did write a book, Leadership. I did write a book, and I had a few leadership <laughs> lessons and a few new pubs that we went to, so that was fun, too. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Well, all right. So bringing that, that wonderful monastic spirit to the conversation, mm. why don't you tee up our topic for today? Yeah, so today's topic, interesting title. It's called Stop Chasing Employee Happiness and Start Focusing on Employee Engagement Instead. Now... As we start, let's be clear, we are not against employees being happy. But what we are saying is that that's not really the focus or should be the focus of leadership efforts. And what we're going to talk about is that really leaders are called to focus on engagement and employee engagement. And in doing that, they will have greater productivity, greater profitability, greater retention. Because the problem with chasing employee happiness, it's a losing game. Mm -hmm. You're never going to win at that. And it's really not the leader's responsibility if employees are happy. Mm -hmm. It is, however, their responsibility for engagement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And for our listeners, those of you who may be leaders who have a belief that employee happiness is part of your job, Stay tuned because we're going to really debunk that, I think, quite well. So Mm. before we get into all of that, Irvin, I got a question for you, which is when you were in a a senior leadership position and running a nonprofit, was ensuring employee happiness something that you really focused on or carried either explicitly or maybe beneath conscious awareness? Was it something that you carried So it's such an interesting question. As I reflect upon that, I have to say guilty as charged. I I really did spend too much time focusing on happiness and employing happiness. And I equated the success of an organization if employees were happy. And of course, let me just tell you, that's emotionally exhausting (laughs) because 
the ins and outs and the ups and downs every day of an organization means that there are days the employees are happy and days they won't be happy. And then put upon that, you know, they're bringing problems from home, which leads to happiness or unhappiness as well. And so to put yourself as the conductor of happiness in an organization really is setting yourself up for failure. And I can really, I I can think of times going home, feeling totally depleted and feeling, you know, that what I was doing wasn't working because people are not happy. So that all resonates with me. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. And the way you said it's exhausting. I really Mm. got that. Mm. And my experience has been that whenever I'm coaching a leader who, like you, was chasing employee happiness, the exhaustion comes across. Mm. I'm thinking of one leader in particular. Boy, was she an anxious leader. And now she had reason to be because she was a school principal during the pandemic. Oh, wow. And she had to make decisions about when to bring students back into the classroom Ugh, you know, and you know, you're going to piss people off, whatever decision you make about that. Totally. And so she knew that she had to face into this decision and she wasn't going to be able to keep everybody happy. And she said to me in one fateful call, I just want everyone to be happy. Mm. And I said, well, that's really not your job. Mm. And she took kind of a beat and said, it's not, you know. And so ultimately she was relieved to discover that that focus was really not the right one and that there was a different place to focus it. And it really goes to what you said, which is it's doomed to fail. So let's talk about the pitfalls of this, right? And that's, yeah. that's the number one is that it's an impossible goal. Yeah. I mean, who among us is capable of making everybody happy? We can't even make our own selves happy all the time. <laughs> Human happiness is fleeting and variable. It just is Mm -hmm. because it's a feeling and feelings come and go. So if we can't even completely decipher our own happiness equation, how can we expect leaders to do that for an entire group of people? So one, it's an impossible goal, doomed to fail. Okay. Number two, pitfall. It's a form of overfunctioning. We've talked Mm -hmm. about overfunctioning several times. I'll remind listeners, when you overfunction, you are getting stuck for the responsibilities of others. Happiness is an inside job. I'm not responsible, Irvin, for your happiness. You'll be glad to know. Uh And you're not responsible for mine. Now, do we impact each other's happiness? Sure. When we record a session, we, we do. But that's different from feeling as if it's my my responsibility. So when we overfunction by focusing and chasing employee happiness, you know what happens? Irvin, what always happens when the leader overfunctions? What's the reciprocal response? We're going to get some underfunctioning somewhere. We just are. And you know what? It may be employees are kind of like at some level, well, I don't need to figure out what makes me happy. I got my boss worrying about that, you know? Yeah. So we don't want that. And then I guess the last pitfall I would say, and then Irvin, I'm curious what you would add, but is that it can lead to burnout. You said it was exhausting. Whenever we overfunction for any period of time, it does burn us out because it's as if, you know, we are having this giant backpack that we're carrying with boulders in it that aren't ours to carry. Mm-hmm. And that is certainly the case with employee happiness. We need to lay that burden down. 
What would you add to the pitfalls? Anything else that you can think of? Well, I, one thing comes to mind, but before that, I've just got this image, you know, of this literature and French literature, the myth of Sisyphus, and kind of, you know, rolling that boulder up to the top. And I can kind of see myself and the boulder's happiness of people. And I'm rolling, rolling, and I get to the very top and boom, it rolls the whole way back again. And, you know, because this <laughs> happiness is, as you said, fleeting. Yeah. And, and, and there's always more that you can do. And, and, and just, it, it goes with the vicissitudes of life, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when I think about uh, this question as well, there's, there's one, and you kind of mentioned it in passing, but one is, you know, part of leadership is making at times difficult decisions. And there are decisions that are unpopular. And there's also decisions that in the short term, a leader, you know, a leader sometimes can have a bigger vision of where things are going and they know in the short term, this is going to, this is not going to be comfortable. People are not going to like this, but in, give it a chance. And, and it becomes very difficult because that short term unhappiness, you know, can really lead to doubt and questioning. Am I making the right decision? Is this the right decision? Maybe I'm fooling myself. Who do I know? You know, and so I've had a few coaching sessions with people who are really struggling with some difficult decisions that will be either laying people off or uh, bringing in changes that will uh, reorgs and people have different positions and taking people out of positions they liked. And all of that creates huge angst. And the reality is people will not be happy. That is just, that is a given. And the thing is that what's required at leadership in that moment is the steadiness to really know that, yes, it may create short-term unhappiness, but long-term, people will actually be more engaged, and this is better for the overall health of the organization. Yeah, and so they have to stay the course, right? Mm. Now, this doesn't mean that we just go around making the decision and saying, too bad, you don't like it. I mean, we have to communicate and execute our decisions with thoughtfulness and with care for the impact that they have on people. Mm. But that's different from carrying the burden of, uh, of employee happiness. Okay, so hopefully, listeners, you get a sense of why this focus on employee happiness is a losing proposition for you. Mm. And you might be saying, okay, and what should we focus on instead? And the title suggests of this episode what that is. And that what we're saying is focus on employee engagement instead, because it has a lot of upsides and it doesn't have the same downsides. Yeah. So Irvin, you know, this notion of employee engagement, it can be defined in different ways. It's very mm-hmm. well researched, but it yep. can be defined in different ways. Let's start with that now. What, how would you define an employee engagement? Yeah, so it's an interesting question. There are many different definitions, but I think for the, for the purposes today, let's just say that employee engagement is the extent to which employees are wholeheartedly committed to their work, but also wholeheartedly committed to advancing the broader goals of their team and their organization. So it's this, this commitment to our own work, but then commitment to the, their work in that it advances as well the whole organization and benefits uh, everyone. And I think a way of thinking about this would be, it's the difference between, you know, where do I choose to give my energy, my discretionary energy to a job, rather than just going through the emotions, there's a, yes. a very deliberate a deliberateness about a choice of, of a commitment of where I'm placing my energy here. What's really interesting 
is that the one differentiator on between those two, am I going to go through the motions or am I going to be committed and, and really give my energy uh, is the quality of the manager. The quality of the manager totally impacts that differentiation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gallup's done research on that for years and it mm. always comes out the same that if you look inside organizations and you compare highly engaged teams to less engaged teams, it's always the, the difference in manager, like you said. Yeah. So why do you think that is? Why do you think managers are the key differentiator? Well, you know, a manager has a great impact upon us. And I think man- good managers are able to generate commitment. Mm-hmm. Whereas you think like someone who's a manager that's ineffective, et cetera, people may comply, people may do what they're being told to do, but the energy is not there. And I think what, what a good manager is able to do is that it able to generate this energy we talked about within a team so that people want to work harder. They want to do their best work. They, they feel a, a commitment to the person, to that manager, and really yeah. don't want to let the manager down. And so you see this all the time when a manager needs some help, people stand up and they say, yeah, absolutely, I'm able to do that. Or if they see the manager's uh, going through a hard time or whatever, it's like, let me help. And, and the, the, really, the manager doesn't have to ask. It's there because the commitment is there. And so I think that's really, really important that, you know, when leaders are intentional about giving employment engagement or, or kind of boosting that, everyone yeah. benefits. This is, it's, it's the shared commitment that creates an energy that, that really energizes everyone on the team. And, and what we know is that, that engaged employees are less likely to leave the organization. They're more creative. They're more productive. And this was in the bottom line as well. They're more profitable. Yeah. Yeah. Then that brings us to the, to the important question is then what can managers do to mm-hmm. boost employee engagement? What, what, what are some of the behaviors that we would see them doing? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and, I, and I would love to share some thoughts on that. But I, I'm curious, Irvin, while you were talking, I wanted to ask you this question. Have you ever worked for a manager or a boss who really did instill that sense of high engagement? Like you just really wanted to do great work for them and you were all in. Yes, absolutely. I was honored to do that a few times. One of them was very early in my career. This person just had an innate sense. First of all, you felt that they listened, Mm. that they cared. So there was, there was a care there. And Although they had to make some really difficult decisions because it was, we were going through some change and this was a government agency that I worked in and there was some pretty hard decisions coming down the road. You could see the angst that they really debated this and they tried to implement these changes to the best of their ability. Yeah. But, you know, everyone really respected this person and we went through a period there of being short staffed, et cetera, and, and without even asking People volunteered to work more. People yeah. volunteered to step in. And that was extraordinary. And it just, it happened, you know, and it's that whole thing of not even having to ask. People yes. volunteer, they want to get involved. Yeah, that's so cool that you had that experience. So, and maybe some of our listeners have worked for managers like that. And then we also know what it's like to work for managers who aren't like that. Yeah. And yeah, we do the job, you know, we show up, we comply. But we might not give that discretionary energy that you talked about. So I'm going to share a few thoughts on how to focus on intentionally and boost employee engagement. I'll be curious, Irvin, as you listen to these, 
think of this manager again and, mm-hmm. and how well did they do these things? Yep. So I think the very first thing is that context for the work matters so much. In other words, making sure employees understand why their work matters, how it connects to bigger picture goals and mm-hmm. objectives, who does it impact downstream, right? Mm-hmm. You connect the dots for them because without that, work is just tasks to complete and it can become a grind. So when you provide context as a, as a leader, as a manager, you infuse the work with a greater sense of purpose, right? And, and that draws forth more of employees' best efforts, undoubtedly. Mm. Mm. Another thing, very simple to do, but can be overlooked, is that you are constantly working to build shared understanding of roles, responsibilities, and expectations. So you're on the same page with the people that you're managing, and they know what you're looking for. And, you know, they understand their role. It's really hard to commit wholeheartedly to an ambiguous role, (laughs) you know, Mm. or to meet expectations that you aren't really aware of. So I think that helps boost employee engagement. And then giving people both autonomy and accountability. So, you know, you give people the freedom. You you share with them what the job is, how it mat why it matters, what the role is, what the responsibilities are, and then you set them free to do their work, but you also hold them accountable and you hold their colleagues accountable, right? Yeah. Those I think are really good starters because yeah. they provide a foundation upon which you can generate wholehearted commitment, right? Yeah. So, Irvin, I'm curious, did this manager do some of those things? And what would you add to the list? Yeah, absolutely. They they were an expert in providing context. I mean, one of the things that they did so well was helping. We were a cog in the government machine, Uh but they were able to really help us understand why our work was important and where it fit in in the whole scheme of things. And I thought that was he did that brilliantly. And then I think, you know, especially because we were going through so much change, there was an understanding from him that he would have to be patient and really revisit time and time again, people's understanding of their roles and what was happening, et cetera. And he did that really well. Yeah. Two other things come to mind when I think of this person as well. I think in general, one is they provided, he provided great feedback and coaching. So, you know, time and time again, I think and survey after survey tells us that people want to grow. We don't want to feel static in a job. We want to feel that we're making progress and we're developing ourselves. And so I think, you know, there's nothing worse than being in a job and, and silence on, on feedback on how are we doing? Like once a year being called in and saying, you're doing a great job, keep it up type of thing. People really want to grow. And so I think we get engagement from managers who are providing really good feedback. Feedback that's precise, feedback that is challenging, feedback that's not always like, oh, yeah, yeah, rah, 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 but it's like, hey, I've got some feedback for you that you could do better, and this is what you could do. So it's feedback that's also challenging, and then also feedback that includes a a coaching element. And, you know, what what we mean when we talk about coaching is that coaching is able to draw out the best of a person. So it's able to to bring out some of that inner wisdom and kind of draw out some of their best thinking. So in other words, a good manager is not always giving the answers, but it's actually helping people and teams and organizations bring out the answers, draw out their thinking and develop that and mature it. So I think that's a really important point. 
And then I think the final one is, is demonstrating that you care. I mean, people want to know that the person they're working for cares about them. You know, this can be just simple things of remembering things that they've said. I mean, I remember this person as well was just fantastic about if you had mentioned something about a relative being ill or, or, or something that was happening, like a graduation or something, they would just always come back and just say, you know, like, how's your aunt doing? I know she'd been ill. Yeah. And, and so there was, there was something like that this person took time to care. And I think yeah. people, people like that. People want that and, and to feel that we're part of, we're human beings and we're relating to each other as human beings. Mm, that's so lovely. You know, I'm, I'm working with somebody right now that I did a 364. And one of the things that was said time and time again in the 360 is how much this person cared about each person as a human being. Mm-hmm. To your point, like they would ask questions about their personal life. You know, they would show and demonstrate a genuine, authentic sense of care for them beyond the role that they played at work. Yeah. And these employees were willing to move mountains, you know, for this person as a result. Now, that does not mean that they were showing that care and concern because they were anxiously focused on their happiness, but just because they genuinely cared about these people as human beings. Yeah, yeah that's that. so lovely. So Bridget, we always try and end with a practice. What have you got in mind today as we think about this employee engagement versus employee happiness? What comes to mind for you? Yeah, so this is a really simple reframing exercise, and I'm just going to call from happiness to engagement. Hmm. And it just works like this. So maybe the next time you find yourself being or feeling a bit anxious and concerned about employees, and when you tune into that, you kind of recognize you're focusing on their happiness. You're worried about their happiness. And you pause right there. And then you just try changing the question that you're asking yourself. Because undoubtedly, there's a question in there that goes something like this. What can I do to make sure my employees are happy? Mm. And you catch that question and you reframe it to something like this. What can I do this week to help my employees do more of their own best thinking? And you just listen to the question and see what surfaces in response. They're really different questions, aren't they, Irvin? Oh, the energy of those questions are very difficult. I can almost feel the stress of that first question. I've asked that first question. (laughs) Right. Yeah, absolutely. And at the end of the day, that's another way to look at employee engagement is simply that we're there to create an environment in which people can do their best thinking. And if we focus on that, They're going to grow. They're going to commit. They're going to risk things. And who knows, they might be happier, but that's not the point. (laughs) Well, Bridget, this has been a fascinating conversation. This has brought up a lot of memories for me as well and kind of uh, helped me frame situations that I feel a lot of years get into. And I kind of, we've talked a little bit about, you know, this, this, this emotional feeling, this, this stress of having this burden of happiness on our shoulders, which is just doomed to fail. It's never going to win and probably will lead to your own overfunctioning and, and for some people burnout. And then really honing in on, you know, what do I need to do to really focus on engagement and providing context and coaching and feedback and autonomy and accountability. I love all those things and really showing that you care. So this mm-hmm. has been really helpful. And I'm sure for many listeners as well, it's, it's a, 
enables them to kind of zoom out a little bit and just really look, what kind of manager am I being? Mm-hmm. Love it. And, yeah. And am I focused more on happiness or on engagement? Well, Irvin, thanks for playing with me. As always, our conversations are always an opportunity for me to learn something new. Appreciate that very much. And Pleasure. listeners to you, thank you as always for joining us in these conversations. And we hope to see you next time. Absolutely. Have a wonderful time. Bye now.